Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect. Hello and welcome to From the Canvas podcast, episode number five. I'm here with Dave to co- cover off all things that recently happened in boxing and also look forward to the upcoming fights. So Dave, let me start off with a big question. Usk versus Jizora, what did you think? I thought it was great. I, um, I was I was umming and ahhing about whether I should pay the box office fee or whether I should try and maybe get other means to watch it um, and I thought you know what I'm going to go for it because I was properly suckered in by David Hay um, all week giving it the big one saying that Jazora was going to yeah. going to knock his block off and uh, I think to be honest although I predicted Usyk to win on points I definitely got suckered into that mentality and the more the week went on the more I fancied Jazora and I was thinking oh, you know maybe maybe he's got a shot maybe he has got a chance and we spoke on the last podcast the, pre- the preview for the fight um, that Derek would need to knock him out to win to win that fight, um, and he just he just couldn't manage it, could it? I thought it was a really interesting fight. I thought it was the best Derek Chisora I've ever seen. I thought it was. I thought he did everything that he could possibly have done in that fight. He even turned southpaw, didn't he, at one <laughs> point in the fight <laughs> with mixed success? With mixed success. Um, but I thought he looked in great shape, Derek Chisora, and he came out at a barnstorming rate and he really did trouble Alexander Usyk in the first um, two to three rounds but I think as the fight went on the longer it went on the class of Alexander Usyk just 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 shone through really and the guy is a sensational boxer isn't he I think you could clearly see that at the weekend the way he was the speed the the way he was weaving bobbing moving in and out of range hitting him with a quick one-two and then moving away. And to be honest, I think by about round six or seven, you're looking at Chisora on his stall and he was absolutely exhausted. He just couldn't, he couldn't cope with that ring craft and that speed. And he just, he, unfortunately, he just couldn't, I don't think he could cut the ring off in an effective way. Chisora needed to get, you know, if you watch Chisora, Dillian White, those two fights, Chisora gets really, they basically slug it out, don't they? And they get, he gets really close and on the inside. And that's what Chisora needed to do in that fight. And he just, it, it, Usi just wouldn't let him get that close to him to allow him to do that. Um, I don't know what you thought about it. Yeah, very much the same. So, so, <clears throat> so I, I agree with you. I, I thought, I, I, I thought it was going to be quite a one-sided fight. To be honest, I thought the boxing class of Usk was going to um, really tell over Chisora. I thought Chisora did really, really well. And I have to say, I think I gave him... I think I gave him the th- three of the first four rounds. Um, which I don't think we've done... F- I think you gave it I think you gave it two, two apiece on the first yeah. four. And I, I had it, Chisora three or one up. And you know, that's a bit subjective. But anyway, I, <clears throat> what made me laugh was I got back to the scoring at ra- end of round six. And I was like, well, I've got it three all now. And I'm looking at Chisora going, he looks like he's about to keel over. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the most sort of... The sort of Rounds five and six were really the turning point in the fight for me, where it was like, oh wow, actually this guy can really box. Mm. Um, have to say, I never thought Usk was going to really knock Chisora out, which and and Chisora isn't isn't you know the best heavyweight, so it makes me wonder a little bit about how he's going to do against 
Fury and Joshua. Mm. I really, I really, really like the idea of the Fury versus um, Usk fight now because I think the yeah. technical ability of those two would be really interesting. Mm. And I think the Usk versus Joshua fight will be interesting just from a can Joshua knock him out? Because I think there's a possibility that Usk can outbox him before yeah. us. Um, so there's some real interesting stuff on the cards, and I think Usk has come onto the scene and yeah. proven himself to be a pretty big heavyweight. Any, anything, <clears throat> anything you'd like the look of for Usk? Well, I think I think you've nailed it there in terms of um, him fighting Fury and Joshua. I think that uh, an Usyk Fury fight is such, such that would be such an interesting fight because the the Tyson Fury that we saw last time out against Deontay Wilder is not that's not how he normally fights. You know, in the in the previous fight against Wilder, he walked through Wilder and he looked really powerful and dominant, and, and actually. A lot of the time, Tyson Fury is is more of a along the sort of Alexander Usyk style. He's very he's very clever and um, has a has a high boxing IQ and is a very skillful boxer. Whereas Anthony Joshua, um, although if funnily enough, um, displayed quite a lot of boxing skill in his his last fight against Andy Ruiz, um, he's obviously more, much more of the the, the knockout puncher. Um, and I think I think. Uh, fight against Joshua the key for the if Usyk fights Joshua is can Joshua do what Chisora couldn't do can he can he close that space yeah. can he can he because he's slightly you know, Joshua is obviously quicker than Chisora so can Joshua close that space get close enough to get those shots away Chisora couldn't do that can Joshua do that I think I think if it went to points against Joshua I could definitely see Alexander Usyk winning that fight for sure yeah I um, think it's a real banana I don't I think it's a real banana skin for AJ, I can't see him taking that fight until he's fought. Well, we said we said fought, it. Fought Fury. We said it on the last podcast, didn't we? We said um, that fight's not happening next year. No. I, I can't see it. Why on earth would Joshua are having? You know, obviously he's got to beat Kubrat Pulev um, first. But if he does that, why on earth would he take Alexander Usyk next year when he can fight Tyson Fury twice? Um, that might well mean that the WBA belt isn't on the line. I agree with what you said on the last, but I can't see the WBA about not being on the line because why wouldn't the WBO not want to be part of that fight? Yeah, they've backed themselves into a bit of a corner in terms of making Usyk the mandatory, but mm. it's just one of those, isn't it, where you go, well, does does it? if you strip Joshua of one of the belts and then he fights Fury and they both haven't lost between the time they had all four belts, then it's just a bit meaningless, it's a bit, mean, it's a bit meaningless, yeah. isn't it? It's, yeah. you, you're making a point for no... You're making a point that no one cares about. Like it is, it, it, it Joshua versus Fury then is is the undisputed heavyweight champion, and your belt's just not in the mix for no yeah. for no reason. For no, for no, it just uh, makes for absolutely no reason. No sense. But I, I definitely think Alexander Usyk is a big problem um, on the heavyweight scene. I agree with you that he didn't look like knocking out Derek Chisora, but that isn't that isn't mm. what he was trying to do. No, I agree. He you know he was trying to get quick punches in and out. And 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 win the fight on on points, um, and that is that is what he did, and that that is what he'll continue to try and do against some of the other big heavyweights. I would like to say just quickly, I know we said about Derek Chisora just saying that it was in, in the best shape of his life. I genuinely think against almost pretty much any other heavyweight, he would have caused massive problems. Yeah, I agree, massive I, problems. I think you're talking outside the top. Yeah, three outside of the the elite. Do you league. know what he could? Have, I feel like he would have done a job against Wilder at that week, at mm. the weekend. You've got, I mean, you've got, I think you don't, he won't go back to white. Um, I don't think he's going to get a fight against Wilder 
and I, and I, he won't. I don't think he'll go back for Usk some more. So and then Joshua and Fury. So but that's you probably you're probably looking yeah. there at your top five in the world, aren't you? Yeah. And anyone else, I think. Yeah, I that, agree. that Chisora does does the business mm-hmm. does the business with. I think certainly. I'm not saying necessarily wins, but I certainly think it's just a shame because I feel like he's how many fights can he lose? Well, he's lost. He's lost ten fights now, isn't he? Yeah, and he, <clears throat> I mean, fair play to him. He's fought basically everyone. Yeah. Um, but I just you just wonder. Where he goes, I was looking here. at the ten he's he's lost to the other day, and they're all really good. Like there's not there's not there's maybe like the odd one or two where you think oh, has he properly prepared, but most of them are like most of the elite heavyweights from the last sort of ten years he has fought. Do I remember him fighting against a was it in the Europe for a European belt in like Monaco or something, and he got beaten? Yeah, so that's the guy that potentially Fury might fight. Oh wow! Look at that segue. Yeah, I tell you what, it's a shame, it's a shame I've done that segue now. I'm not going to talk about Fury until part two, um, but that would have been a lovely segue. Right, anyway, um, let's just quickly run through the rest of that card before we get on to some other business. Then, so yeah. uh, do you want to talk about Savannah Marshall? Savannah Marshall. Yeah, I just thought um, you know we talked in the uh, the preview podcast that it, it, we thought that it potentially might be a bit of a a, a, um, a sort of difference in class, really, and I mean it definitely proved to be the case. Hannah Rankin is um, a good, a really good boxer, and, and um, deserves a lot of credit for um, how she's carried herself in the week, and you know how she carried herself in that fight. But she was so severely outclassed in that fight. But having said that, Savannah Marshall was so so good in that fight. Yeah. And what was really exciting to see from a women's boxing perspective was seeing a a. Uh, a, a woman middleweight with serious like destructive power um, quite a lot of the time when you're watching women's boxing as, as much as I have enjoyed it and um, watching it like closely over the last couple of years um, you're not really expecting a knockout it's almost always going to go to the, the judges cards yep. whereas with with this girl you know Savannah Marshall I was like she's definitely going to get the knockout in this fight and, and she looks so good I thought she was brilliant yeah I, I, I agree. And, I, and, a, and a quick nod as well, I think, to um, Matchroom, who are putting quite a lot of women's boxing on at the moment. Yeah. And the cynic in me says <clears throat> they're going to struggle to attract uh, some, of the, some of their male counterparts for the money that they're offering. That's maybe a very negative view of, of where it is. But actually, it's given us exposure to um, some new women that I haven't previously seen. And actually, who I think... I'm not that. I, I personally am not that bothered about them headlining events, and I don't think that would be a big draw for me. But certainly, there's a place for them for me in like you know in the middle card in the middle of the card. Yeah. Um. Some really interesting, really I, interesting fights that can come out of that. I, I think, think that 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 headline show that Match were putting on in a couple of weeks with three women's world title fights on on the same card is exactly the sort of thing that yeah. is is exciting for women's boxing. You know, you need that. You need that high level. Um, of exposure and, and fair play to Matchroom because um, you know women's boxing is on the up and um, I agree. It's, it's brilliant yeah I agree I agree I think it'll be the the, um, <clears throat> the true test and I hope it's I hope I'm hope my mind gets changed is when we ha- when we uh, when we see a headlined box office event by, yep. by a woman I think that'll be the that'll be a real step change I'm um, just not quite sure there's anything that would uh, wet my appetite it's got a, in that regard got a, so far you've got to walk before you can run yeah and, 100%. Um, you know it, it, it will get time to build the profile and get the you need the you need the names you need the profile you need the exposure and that will come I think that will come with time um, but it's certainly um, you know 
I, I didn't uh, I didn't really follow women's boxing at all um, until a couple of years ago until there was a, a lot more exposure and and I must admit when I first watched it I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if it was going to be for me but I'm I'm loving it I'm really really enjoying it. Well, I tell you what, there's definitely there's definitely some dodgy pay per views going around, so maybe we'll see one. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see 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 one that will be much better than the bloody Calbert versus uh, Terence Crawford. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we've got all that to look forward to in part two. So, um, quickly flicking through the rest of the car then. Um, Lee Selby? Yeah, well, we, I said, you know, we said again in the preview, we you know, caught quite a lot of this, right? Actually, actually, yeah, in the preview file, which is, which is quite... Which don't, is quite don't, a... don't go back and listen to that and fact check us on that. Just to shoot, just listen to what we're saying now, which is we did call all this correctly. We did. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I didn't think that Lee Selby would win this fight because I, I just don't believe that he... he I don't believe that he is going to get another world title shot, and I just don't believe that lightweight is is where he's going to sit. We said that Teofimo Lopez is light is the the yes. belt holder in that. I mean, the, Le- the chalk and cheese yeah. is absolute chalk and cheese. Um, even even over the winner, um, the guy that we can't pronounce, Cambosos. Cam- Cambosos. Cam- yeah, that we thought was Greek. That's actually from America. We don't call everything right. <laughs> or Australia, even. <laughs> Australia. Yeah. He's from somewhere. Um, he's but, definitely um, from somewhere. He's from somewhere. Yes. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, we did say that Lee Selby would, would lose that fight, and, and, and he did, and it was, it was a good fight actually. But I actually think Lee Selby equipped himself fairly well, um, but I did I did have him losing definitely. Good on my card. Yeah, on oh, me too. Bye. bye. By some way, I think the judges' scorecard were very flattering to Lee Selby. Mm. To be honest, uh, was, didn't one a... judge give him give him the win by yeah, the, round? Yeah, which are yeah. just absolutely no way. No, absolutely I think you no mean way. you called it about the same, didn't we? But it was yeah. one. Ju- I think one judge had it Lee Selby by a round, and another had it by eight rounds to the other guy, which is quite a significant difference. <laughs> but you sit on different sides of the ring. I get that, but <laughs> you watch the same fight. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? It is bizarre. Uh, right. Anyway, so um, I think that's probably that for that card. So yeah. you know, uh, let's talk about Inua. Let's talk about Naomi Inoue. Oh, didn't I say he's an absolute superstar? I love Naomi Inoue. As everybody should know you from do, listening you, you to... You do love him. I bloody love Naomi Inoue. And, you know, from listening to this podcast, you must you must have heard me talk about him before. Um, he's such a sensation, isn't he? I mean, what, what, a, what a, just what a brilliant... Uh, no, you, you laugh, but he, he is a really special talent. Pound for pound, like, you could argue he's... Such a you could argue talent. he's right up there. He's a three-weight world champion. The issue that Inoue's got, unfortunately, is he's in the tiny weights, and they just don't get they just don't get the the recognition that um, you know some of the bigger weights do. If he was if if Inoue was was moving up from light welter to welter to middle, yeah. and he was world champion those three ways, you know he'd be an absolute global superstar. Um, what I love about Inoue is he's so he's fighting at, at bantamweight at the moment, having previously held world titles at the two lower weight divisions. Um, but he's carried that destructive power all the way through the weight classes. And he's, you know, how often do you see bantamweight? It's just absolutely blitzing people apart. He yeah. just knocks people out for fun. And in this fight, um, which was his first like, big um, exposure in America um, through Bob Arum, uh, he, ju- he was just brilliant again. Like, he was fighting the, uh, Jason Maloney, who um, is, a, is a decent fighter in his own right. And he puts him down on the floor in round six, and then in round seven, he uh, he just slips outside, having having you know having watched Maloney throughout the rest of the fight, just slips outside the jab and just throws a devastating right hand um, that beats Maloney to the punch. And what's what's great if you watch the knockout punch, um, and I've heard um, I've heard people say this about Wilder's punching before, um, is that when when boxers try to knock people out, the punch ends 
about a foot behind their head, if yeah. you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, when the punch is hitting them in the face, it's only about halfway through the actual arc of the punch, and that's exactly what happens in this, and he just, he just completely goes over. and It's uh, just brilliant, and in a way, it's just absolutely brilliant. Well, let me do a very, very slick segue there, Dave. You're right in this, you're right in this for me. So, Davis versus Santa oh, Cruz. Oh, my word. So we had, <clears throat> me and you had a little text exchange at the weekend, and it was like, Oh yeah, we got obviously we got us versus Chisora, and I was like, did you know? Did you notice the Channel Five bill, which looks really good? Um, given like it's just seen, it just looks it looks like a really good card from nowhere, and it was um, and it was and headlined by Davis versus Santa Cruz, and it was um, <coughs> what a brilliant fight. And to talk about punches ending a foot behind the <coughs> opponent's head, the knockout punches, the. Uh, Davis knockout of Santa Cruz was one of the most dis- like brilliant and yet disgusting knockouts I think I've ever seen. If that doesn't win knockout of the year, I don't know what will because it was absolutely sensational. It was one of those things when we were talking, wasn't it? I was aware that that fight was happening um, that weekend, but I, I had com- it completely passed me by that that was on Channel Five at like two in the morning, free to air, which was absolutely brilliant. Great spot by you. Um, so banged it on record and then um, and then enjoyed that on Sunday morning, and um, yeah, it's very I mean, responsible of us. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, gone are the days when I'd stay up for that. Um, no, it was uh, it was just brilliant. I mean, um, the fight itself was, was amazing. Yeah, it was like, a really good fight. It was actually a really really good fight. Um, it was interestingly for two world title weights, which doesn't happen very often. So um, so uh, Javonta Davis was bringing his uh, lot lightweight world title although regular title because the WB have weird like super champions and regular champions uh, but he was bringing his lightweight uh, world title to the fight and Santa Cruz was bringing his super featherweight uh, world title and Leo Santa Cruz is an absolutely brilliant fighter let's be clear like he's a, he's like a, a superstar himself yeah, he's only lost once to Carl Frampton which he he did avenge afterwards um, and he, he's amazing so um, this was a real super fight and you know it's a shame that they're there were some fans in attendance actually at this fight. Um, I think ten thousand yeah. in uh, sixty thousand seat stadium. But um, so Javonta Davis is managed by Floyd Mayweather, and he came out in his um, in Floyd Mayweather's um, attire that he wore for his Oscar De La Hoya fight, which was quite a good little nod to him. Absolutely, um, it was quite funny watching. I don't know if you saw, but I saw Mayweather at like ringside, like the whole fight, just shouting at Javonta Davis like what to do um, I thought like <laughs> not, who, not, who's his trainer and who's his like who's his manager it's not about first having your corner is it that, that's true that's true um, but uh, the fight itself was brilliant like, a really competitive fight like, Santa Cruz was fantastic all the way through and I, I had it really really close like going into the sixth yeah, round like, there were so. definitely moments when he really uh, troubled Javonta Davis but again like we talk about Inoue with his like destructive power Javonta Davis's. I mean, what's he? Twenty-four fights, twenty-three knockouts. I think that. Yes, yeah, so well, so I mean like that. that is absolutely ridiculous. So I think the fight that he didn't knock the guy out, he had him down five times um, in the fight. So um, yeah, a- absolutely amazing. The knockout itself is, like I said, it's it's one of those like we were talking about when we were like it was amazing, but also awful at yeah. the same time. It was exactly that. Like, and it was so quick. Like yeah. when I watched it live, you barely even you barely even seen it. Like he, he just. Um, I think he like dodges the right hand, doesn't he, and then just absolutely throws the the left uppercut. But it just it just lands absolutely on the money. And Santa Cruz is is 
gone. Yeah, he like, was he was he was out for about two minutes. He was out for ages. It was, it was, it was actually like when I watched it um, on the record, I thought this is going to cut away in a moment yeah. because like it, it looks serious, like it looks really really serious. Yeah, it was it was it was fairly unpleasant. Mm. I think yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think hopefully people listening to the podcast are starting to get from us. Um, a few people to watch, so Anuwe is definitely in there. That's Davis think, is yeah. definitely in there, and yeah. obviously Lopez from the last the last pod. Um, definitely some stuff to get. Your I mean, Davis into. Lopez would be for for a lightweight belt would be incredible. Um, it's just whether Lopez is going to hang around at lightweight. I don't think I think he's too big. I don't, I don't think he is, but um, that would be that would be amazing. We'll see. Right, we're going very long on um, section one, so let me just ask you. Let me just cover off two pieces of news quickly and then we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll come back so um first of all perfectkin uh, yes. having to pull out of the dillian white fight um because he's got covid yeah apparently thoughts about that uh so it's a huge blow to dillian white massive blow um you know he needs he needs that rematch to get his mandatory back i mean i did i did text you didn't i and said well with tyson fury not really announcing a, an opponent on the 5th of December, why can't it be Dillian White? I mean, obviously we know boxing, it won't be Dillian White. Yeah. But, but, but why, you know, why, why shouldn't the WBC, who White's been mandatory for for like three years or something, just say, well, actually, your fight with Povetkin's off, you need to fight Fury on the 5th of December. That would be amazing. It won't happen, obviously. But yeah. um, that would be brilliant. Yeah. You've got a thought. Well, you? just <clears throat> the, the sceptic in me just wonders whether there is a bit of an overexposure on box office at the moment. Um, and I wonder if the White versus Povetkin fight would land lovely in about Jan- in about January um, I think I think Eddie Hearn's already come out and said it might be January the 30th I have to say I was looking at the looking at the amount they're trying to put on box office at the moment and I kind of feel like Eddie Hearn's taking the piss a bit if he's doing more than one a month mm. so I'm not I'm not. Do you think he's, I'm just saying it's a convenient. I'm just saying I don't think it's inconvenient timing that they've pushed this back to January the 30th. Do you think he's seen the box office figures for Chisora's fight and thought? I don't know if that's going to be sustainable. If I want the Joshua fight in December, do you think he's seen that and thought, I've already put this Chisora one on and it's done reasonably well. I'd assume it's done well. Yeah. Um, and he's thought, potentially, there's not enough interest in... Well, yeah, and we don't know what... We don't quite know what the situation with Fury's fight is. I mm. assume that... I don't know if that is box office or not. I presume it might be, actually. So then you, you talk... think so. Then you're talking about having White Vivekin 1, Us versus Chisora. You've got... Um, Fury and you've got Joshua within the space of probably eight weeks. Mm-hmm. That and that's going to be able to pay twenty quid a time. That, that soon, that soon adds up it to does, honest, yeah. it. I think it will drive people to streams. Where I think if you do, if you, you know, I think. Well, I don't, I don't know about you, but I feel people are more inclined to be happy to spend the twenty quid on a pay per view mm. if you're getting one really good quality on a month rather than kind of. I mean, what's what's White versus Povetkin is realistically kind of probably. A top five versus a top ten in the world. Yeah, it's not. It's you know, it's not. It's you know, it could be more exciting. So I just think I just wonder if it's a convenient. I wonder if it's a convenient um, move for all concerned. Yeah, you probably you are probably right to be fair. And I mean, if if he's looked at it and thought January's looking pretty light after a really heavy December, um, that feels to me like a pay per view where it's your classic sort of. Um, you mentioned it top five top ten in the world and then you stack the undercard type yeah. type type event and if you can put that on in January I mean fair enough and how, how are you going to stack you know it's difficult to stack the undercard when you've got bloody three or four box office fights to cover off with a stacked undercard no it is and, and also paying people not a lot not a lot of money given the mm. situation I just think it, it all makes sense and I think probably by the end of January when you've had your January paycheck 
you probably recovered from the outlay of these few weeks. Yeah. Well, that's just the cynic in me thinks mm. that might be mm. might be convenient. And actually, look, White is probably in less rush against Povetkin because Fury and Joshua are not around, no. um, and they're not going to be around for a year. So why is he need? To, so you know, if White was thinking he might sneak in and get a fight against Joshua or Fury. Well, that's not really going to be the case. So, well, he had to win that first fight if that was ever going to be yeah, anywhere near the cards, and he didn't. So, yeah, yeah. it's off. Right. Finally, Dave, you um, you let, just to let the um, listeners into a little bit of insider, uh, you know, behind the scenes. Um, Dave showed me his uh, notes, which he, uh, he lovingly spent about five minutes preparing before the podcast. Before, and I, to be fair to him, all the stuff he said so far has been off the top of his head. He hasn't used his notes once, um, but I'm going to remind him of the note that he wrote for. The next section, which was you put Wilder equals disgrace. Talk, please talk, talk us about, talk us through that for the last part of this segment. Well, it is a disgrace, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry, it is. Well, that's what your note says. I mean, <laughs> so he's let, like before before all this shenanigans, which we're going to talk about now, happened. I actually really had a lot of time for Deontay Wilder, yep. and he's a really entertaining guy, and um, you know, brilliant puncher, and really exciting to watch, and. Um, you know, we enjoyed watching him on several occasions. The issue for me is he's been he's lost to Fury twice, albeit officially only once, but we all know he's lost twice yeah. to Fury. And he came out after the second fight against Fury, and rather than taking it like a man and accepting that he has lost to the better man. And outclassed. And he's been outclassed, and he was badly beaten in that second fight, badly. And he, you know, so much so that the towel went in and he had to be saved because he was he was in big, big trouble uh, and was going to be really seriously hurt. Rather than coming out and taking it on the chin and accepting that he's lost to a brilliant fight, there's no shame in losing to Tyson Fury. No. He's an absolutely fantastic fighter. Um, take the hit and get your take rematch. Take the hit. Go and, go and like, you know, try and get your third fight if you can. If you can't, fight somebody else, get your profile up and just get your chin up and get back in on the scene. Rather than that, he's thrown about six or seven different excuses <laughs> You know, we had the we had the the costume excuse. Our costume was too heavy after the after. This was initially after the fight. Which well, presume, just, presumably, he's got no say in his costume. It's just it was just absolutely <laughs> hilarious. You know, it was just ridiculous. Um, and then you know we've had this video this last week saying that um, Tyson Fury has put something something heavy quote something heavy in his gloves yeah his fist um, <laughs> to, 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 to dent his face or whatever and that's, that's why he was so destructive and um, he's calling Tyson Fury a coward and saying that it's a disgrace that he's not fighting him for the third time the reason that fight's not on is because a venue couldn't be arranged it's nothing to do with Tyson Fury ducking you Tyson Fury's fought you twice Tyson Fury's beaten you twice in America in America he's gone to your backyard Tyson Fury does not need that third fight Okay, if it was in the contracts, maybe, but the contracts expired regardless, whatever. But the the thing about the gloves is, for me, is the one that really riles me. I just think, if I was Tyson Fury, I'd be so furious about that. That that is literally could just explain. Like we're no we're no boxing experts, are we? In terms of the in the inner workings, we're boxing fans. We're not yep, boxing yeah, experts. Yeah, but that is, to my understanding, that is physically impossible to happen because. One of Wilder's team watches Tyson Fury's hands get wrapped. Like they are in the they are in the dressing room watching that happen. Yeah. So I don't understand how that can even <clears throat> possibly be possible. Well, not to be cynical, but and, and, and not to suggest this has happened, but I think I, I'm sure there are ways around that. I feel like you could probably inject something into a glove if you wanted to. 
Um, there's different. There's just different ways yeah. of means. But I with you, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, an absolutely ridiculous statement from Wilder. It reeks of desperation, and um, I think that's a good place to finish. He's, he's, he said Ricky Hatton. Sorry, I'm, I'm very passionate about this. You can tell. <gasps> he said Ricky Hatton gave Tyson Fury something in his drink, in the corner. Yeah, a Guinness. Absolutely, absolutely horrendous. Probably a Guinness. Sorry, Wilder, do one. Yeah, we'll end. We'll end part one on the comment of Wilder stop being a tosser. Hey guys, this is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic, and I want to give a shout out to the Wrestling Predict Cast. And this amazing podcast picks the winners of pay-per-view matches and sees how the uh, the outcomes turn out. I think it's an awesome podcast, and you should definitely tune in. Be sure to feast your ears on the Wrestling Predict Cast. So Dave, it's part two now, and the, and the focus of part two normally is to look forward to some upcoming fights. Now... Um, I think because of lockdown in the UK, this is going to probably be our last podcast until uh, we talk about the Anthony Joshua fight, which uh, you can expect to come out at the back end of November, uh, probably the last weekend in November. Yeah. Um, so it, it, with that in mind, we need to cover a couple of things. I think the key fight between now and then is going to be Joyce versus Dubois, given the Povetkin white fight is now off. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about Joyce Dubois first. Uh, your initial thoughts on the fight? Such a brilliant fight. And, and, and the first thing to, to mention is everybody needs to be massively commended for making this fight because this, yep. is, this is exactly the sort of fight that we don't see and we would love to see more of. You know, think, think, um, think the, the massive British clashes. Think like Eubank, Ben. You know, that sort of... That sort of um, level of class these two guys are brilliant like let's let's be clear like, they are really really excellent fighters and you just you just don't why i'm so excited about this fight is you just don't see these types of fights made you know we we joke about the unbeaten record and you know pre, um, protecting that unbeaten record and making sure that um boxers are uh, promoted in the right way and, and you all get on the hype train and all that sort of stuff well these two guys are putting their records on the line and it let's be let's be really really clear and say that this is uh, you know I definitely think one one is um, I, I think Dubois will win this fight but this is as close to 50-50 as you can get I think at this level and for the British title this is an excellent fight an excellent, excellent, excellent fight for the British title. I, I totally agree. I think as well, the other thing is, it's on um, free-to-air TV. I mean, obviously it's BT, so you need a subscription or you need to find a, a less than legal uh, means to, <laughs> to, to a, a watch friend. it. A friend. A, fr- a friend, yeah. yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Mum, for paying for BT. Um, or, well, still paying for BT, I'm not sure she even knows. Um, but yeah, so I, I think they've got, there's a bit of, um, to be commended on actually putting this on um, on on free TV. That yeah. goes back to my question about whether Tyson Fury versus uh, Agit Kabyal. Kabyal. Yep. Great. Glad I got that right. Um, we'll be on. If you say the confidence, then people will believe you. <laughs> yeah. And then we tried that with the Greek guy last last week. <laughs> <We did. laughs> <laughs> he no, turned you, out to be no, 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 no. You you distinctly lacked confidence in that. There's no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I agree. I agree. I. I'm underwhelmed. I mean, I've said this on, on you about. You don't like Joyce. I don't like Joyce. I've said this on about three podcasts, and I really hope he gets. I really hope he gets done. I th- the, the, the interesting thing about this fight is it could go. It could go any which way, right? So it could be Dubois could knock him out in two rounds, yeah. very possibly. Joyce, I think, could uh, wear down Dubois, and he mm-hmm. could knock him out in six or seven because 
Dubois hasn't had that many fights that have gone that, that far. Yeah. And I think you could also get a real slugfest, which is akin to Chisora versus White, and it could last all 12. And I think you could get any combination of that. Mm. Well, any, any, of those, any of those outcomes. I just hope Dubois does him, because I think he's, he's the future, and I'm not, I'm not convinced by Joyce. Daniel Dubois is an absolute... Um, a mega talent and you know let's not forget how young Daniel Dubois is mm. you know Joe Joyce is 33 yeah Joe Joyce is um, you know albeit he hasn't had many professional fights um, you know in terms of um, in terms of years within the boxing ring you know he, he massively um, dwarfs Daniel Dubois Daniel Dubois is only 21 uh, 22 maybe he's, he's a really young you know you don't see heavyweights that sort of age um, getting to this sort of level he's really really young um, and he's so exciting. I think you, we're talking we're talking in this podcast about Anthony Joshua's rise to uh, prominence, and um, you know Daniel Dubois is on that sort of trajectory for me. Yeah, he's, he um, you know he's 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 um, such an exciting fighter. He's stopping people left, right, and centre. Um, he's had like a, a recent sort of upturn in terms of the the quality of opponent as well, albeit like nobody really really high level. Um, you know, he fought Nathan Gorman for the British title, which was a, a really good win for him because a lot of people were. We're saying that Nathan Gorman could could win that fight, um, and now now he's fighting Joe Joyce, and and for me this is the acid test for for yeah. Daniel Dubois. Um, I do believe he'll pass it. I think he'll beat Joe Joyce, but but Joyce is a significant step up in in um, the level of opponent that he's faced so far. And the thing for the thing that's really um, intriguing about this fight is um, Joe Joyce is one of, he's one of those fighters you watch him normally. Um, when you watch a really high-level heavyweight, if you watch Tyson Fury fight, or um, you know, what, what you know, watch Tyson Fury fight, he is constantly on the move. You just watch him; he's he's almost twitch to the level of like twitchy. Like yep. his his hands are twitchy, his head is moving all the time. He's ducking, diving, bobbing. He's moving all the time, and the whole reason he's doing that is to create a difficult target to hit. Whereas Joe Joyce is just a stationary. Well, he's called Juggernaut Joyce, isn't he? Yeah. And that is exactly what he is. He just, he doesn't move. He no. just, he's so easy to hit, but he, he has an absolute granite chin. <laughs> he just does not go over. And Dur- it, it, durable. And exactly word, what, yeah. you, what you said is exactly right in terms of can Joyce take Dubois' power and can he wear him down? I think if it goes long, I reckon Joyce has that fight. If it goes long. <laughs> I think, I, I do. I think, I think, I think if Joyce can take Dubois' power... I think I think we could see potentially um, a little bit of an upset there. I think Dubois will stop him. I think he'll get to him. I just I just I don't think that Joyce has taken, although um, Joyce has taken some shots. I don't think he's taken the level of um, power that Dubois will offer. And if Dubois can hit him as often as I think he will hit him, because because Joyce is easy to hit. I just think eventually he might not knock him out with one punch, but I just think it. I just think the volume of cli- of like heavy hitting will will toll in the end yeah i can't argue with your i can't argue with your um thoughts about uh joyce potentially winning it later on and the reason i can't argue with that is because i just haven't seen dubois fight that long those, we just don't, those know, long really. we don't know it could be that dubois and joyce goes to eight or nine and dubois just keeps levering uh the durable joyce for some mm. time um, interesting to see, I think, and I think this one is the is the one which places Dubois in. Where are we? Um, does Dubois, for example, fight uh, Usyk mm. at some point? Mm-hmm. Does he fight White at some point, or does he go into the kind of middling Chisora fights and the Povetkin fights, where you know he's got everything to lose and not much to gain? I, I, I'm, it'll be interesting to see. I think 
what's really interesting is there's, there's two things I have I think about Joyce um, about Dubois is one how interesting it is to see someone that's based on a parallel with Anthony Joshua but without the marketing hype machine yeah um, I feel like he's pretty much done the same sort of stuff I think he's fighting this fight now against Joyce where this is the Dillian White fight for Anthony Joshua is, yeah. I think the parallel there is is untold and that's the second point really this is this is a guy that's on an absolute parallel um, with Anthony Joshua Um how will it how will it play out? Well, Dubois, Dubois fighting um, Joe Joyce for the British title in fight number, I think, is it 16, 17, something like that. Um, Joshua fought Dillian White in fight 15 for the British title. Um, and in his next fight, fought for the world title. Now, unfortunately for... Fortunate, well, fortunately for Joshua, the world title in the IBF division was held by an absolute muppet. One of the worst world... One of the worst heavyweights... Um, world title holders of all time. Is that, this is Charles Martin. Charles Martin. And we're talking horrendous. about And he won that because didn't who didn't someone break their hand in the fight and therefore or dislocate the shoulder? Just what? like by default, wasn't it? He was he was fought, he fought someone and he was like kind of he was he was given the opportunity and the, I'm sure the guy I can't I feel like he was a Russian maybe. Or was it? I don't know. I don't know. Who I knows? I don't know who it was. We'll do some more research on that when we actually get to that fight in Joshua. But I'm sure he got the belt because the other guy basically dislocated his shoulder or broke his hand or something and, and was unable to really compete in the fight. Well, that, that, that belt of, um, became available ultimately because Vitaly Klitschko retired. Yeah. That, that's what happened. Yeah. And, and there was a, there was a, there was a, there was a, um, a void of world-class um, heavyweights to, to take up that crown. And that's what happened. Whereas with Dubois, He's going into this British title fight against Joe Joyce, which is a cracking fight and um, really exciting. But then what we're talking about is after that, he hasn't got that avenue. It nah. just isn't open to him. It's just, he's just not... It is all, it, sometimes it, with these sorts of things, it's all about um, right place, right time, isn't it? And unfortunately for Dubois, there just isn't that easy avenue into that. You know, I'm not saying that Joshua had it had it necessarily easy. He's still got to win the fights, but it's it, he had we'll win the world title against Charles Martin. Win the world title against puts Charles you Martin. in that puts you in Jesus that question, Christ. doesn't it? It puts um, you in the question. Yeah. Whereas whereas for Dubois, that that isn't available to him. You know, he's certainly not fighting for a world title um, within the next twelve months. Possibly, maybe after that. But the the Fury Joshua, you know, providing Joshua beats uh, Pulev, the the Fury Joshua stuff's got to be play out in 2021, hasn't it? So. Um, you know, it's it's quite interesting to 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 think where Dubois could go after this, but it's it's not open to him at the moment. Yeah, well, as <laughs> as with our um, our um, the other shows on the network, um, the Wrestling Predict Cast and the Movie List uh, podcast, both we, excellent, both excellent. We have gone on a slight tangent there. Um, I think that's probably what this network's most known for is the uh, random tangents off paste. Uh, right, so let's 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 bring it back on paste. Um, if that is the uh, <laughs> the correct use of that of those phrases, and let's talk about uh, Katie Taylor, Dave, Miriam Gutierrez. Yeah, I mean, just Katie Taylor's a sensation, isn't she? Um, she is um, she is the flag bearer for women's boxing, mm-hmm. and um, we we're talking earlier about Savannah Marshall and um, you and I getting into women's boxing in the last sort of couple of years, and that is very largely thanks to Katie Taylor because. Um, you know, I remember what you and I watched Katie Taylor Delphine pursue. Oh, yeah, uh, one, and I think that was a game changer for me and you. We've enjoyed we've enjoyed women's boxing before that, but you and I watched that fight, and I was like, forget forget the fact that this is women's boxing. Yeah, this this is, is one boxing, of the best yeah. fights I've seen. Like it, it was, was it was absolutely fantastic. 
um, and really like showcased um, the sport from a women's perspective. Um, this fight is just one of those, I think, for Katie Taylor, where she, she is fighting a she's fighting Miriam Gutierrez, and we you know we can we know that she is unbeaten, and um, you know she's coming into this fight with thirteen wins from thirteen fights. But um, but surely surely Katie Taylor is just class above. You know, surely she is. I hope so. I hope she's bouncing, and I hope she bounces back from Delphine Pursuit because I feel like they've. I feel like she maybe she hasn't shown it. I just feel like her boxing's taken a bit of a hit. Uh, in terms of the confidence that she's going in. I think, if I'm honest, I don't think she can be so resolute in her view that she beat Delphine Pursuit in the first fight that she's showing on camera. Mm. Um, and I think I think this is um, a chance for her to get a bit of confidence back in after those fights. Where's yeah. she, where's she going to go after this, Dave? Well, uh, do you know what? It's exactly what I was just about to jump in and say. I think the issue for Katie Taylor is um, what's left for Katie Taylor to do. I mean... She is the the unified lightweight world champion. She's got all the belts at that weight. She beat Christina Lilidatu to win the super lightweight world title. Who is there left to beat? The only person is Amanda Serrano. That's the only fight for Katie Taylor to make. And I think for it's a shame for Katie Taylor because in a way, because she's such she's so brilliant, she's such a pioneer, she's so um above the level of so many other brilliant women's boxers that um, she's almost out there on her own. Yeah. And there's not, re- there's not really anybody else coming through at this moment in time that you would say, oh my God, Kay Taylor has to fight X. Yeah. It just isn't, unfortunately, women's boxing isn't in a position where, we've said this before in previous pods, women's boxing um, is definitely on the up and we're really excited to watch it. But it needs more strength and depth, and it it just lacks that at the moment, unfortunately. There there is an <clears throat> there is a thing, and this is, and this is um, true of some of the stuff that's been talked about on the wrestling predict cast. You're you're only as good as your opponent to some extent. Like if yeah. you're fighting nobodies, you're you're not going to get any. You, there's just not going to be any buzz. You need you need almost a rival. You need yeah. you know you need <clears throat> Anthony Joshua to come up one side of the fence, and Tyson mm. Fury to come up the other side of the fence, or. Mm. Didian White's come, you know, Didion White's come up and meet Joshua or, or whatever it yeah. is, and and they're, they're the ones that make. Then when you put them together, they make the fights and they make them electric. <clears throat> we talked about it for ages with Anthony Joshua and Wilder before Fury came back. You know, <clears throat> you're clamouring for that fight because you've got two people who haven't met each other, and what happens when they meet? Mm. You just don't have that with Katie Taylor at the moment. No, there's no there's no obvious superstar out there who you know with with um with Katie Taylor. You know, if there was. If there was a mega um, women's superstar in super lightweight or super featherweight, which is the two weights either side of her weight, I'm certain that she would lose the weight or or gain the weight to make that fight. But there, unfortunately, there isn't there isn't that person out there, and it's just um, it is just where she goes. Does she fight? You know, could she maybe make super feather and fight Terry Harper? Does she want to? Does she want to? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, fine. And then, but fine. she'll win this fight. She'll win this. Yeah, fight. I, I think. So I think well, we probably didn't <coughs> we didn't get you to put your uh, your money down for the previous fight then Dave. So we've got Taylor to win this fight. I'm completely agree with you. Taylor to win this fight. What, what about uh, that? Dubois to win uh, against Joe Knockout. Um. Yeah. I I reckon. Uh, so I reckon Dan Dubois maybe sort of mid mid round stop, stoppage. I'm saying sort of like six seven five six seven eight that sort of that sort of level. Okay. Perfect. All right then. And finally, let's just touch on Kelbrook versus Terence Crawford, which seems to have come out of nowhere. Just one of these, isn't it? It's um, this is this is um, 
this is a fight. When I saw it, I thought I just thought this has got Amir Khan written all over it. It just feels like an Amir Khan fight. Um, I know he's I know he's um, he's fought Terence Crawford, but um, Kelbrook is um, Kelbrook is in the twilight of his career, isn't he? And yeah. we we used to love you know, oh. we love Kelbrook. Like Kelbrook's Kelbrook's amazing. And um, I, I was you like, you you love talk about his, you love his rig, uh, don't you? Kelbrook, and it's just so. I love it's all of the lights by Kanye West, and I love that song anyway, and, and I love the intro to that song as well, which is the song previously on the album. And when I heard Kelbrook come out to that, it's it's for me, it's by far the best. It's the best entrance in it I can think of in any sport, yeah. and that's a big statement. And if you don't agree with us, then please hit us up on social and let us know which one's better. Yeah. Um, really happy for you to do that, um, and please educate me. But yeah, I'm I absolutely adore that. If there's a better the ring entrance than that, then let us know because it is absolutely sensational he plays the full intro and then when the the uh the vocals come in for all the lights he appears doesn't he and it is it, like hair on the back of the neck stuff it is brilliant it is the, really really the, good the only issue with it the only issue with it is that when we first started watching Carl Brook and he got to world title level and then won his world title it was perfect because it was like this guy this guy this guy and it's been a bit flat since then, hasn't it? Yeah, like well, since he's had his injuries and he's had his, he's the issue both for his Cal eyes. Brook and, yeah. is the Golovkin fight. That's the issue for, for, for yeah. Brook. He's 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 looked at that Golovkin fight after winning his world title against Sean Porter, which let's be clear was one of the greatest overseas British victories. Unbelievable! Ever. Like amazing win. Unbelievable. Um, he's he's thought, Do you know what? I'm going to step up in weight and I'm going to fight a megastar against Gennady Golovkin. And if I win that fight. I am, I am the best boxer in the world. Yeah. If if Kelber beat Gennady Golovkin, he'd pound, pound, he's pound for pound yeah, the number one. He is like hundred percent. You've gambled. You've gambled. He's gambled. Unfortunately, he's not only lost, but he's severely damaged himself. Like he broke his eye socket, didn't he? Yeah. And he was badly beaten. I think he. Um, I think I think he actually boxed quite well, but he just stopped by the superior power of Gennady Golovkin and and his, his corner through the towel in at the end of the day. Yeah. In I think it was round five or so. Um. And since then, he's just not been the same because it was it was a really devastating um, injury. He then fought Errol Spence, who's also amazing, and he broke his other eye socket yeah, in that, that fight. That's quite... you got a question, haven't you? Like, you got weak eye sockets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, no, you haven't. You're fighting fight yeah. Spence and Golovkin. But yeah. that, is, that, is a, that is a worrying, a worrying uh, set of injuries. I just feel like with this fight, it's a last rod of the dice. This is a... I'm, I, Terence Crawford has obviously reached out and thought, I can I can fight Kel Brook, who's actually got quite a good resume and is quite a big name within the sport. Yeah. And he's at the end of his career, and this will look quite good on my record when I beat him. Former world champion. Yeah, and and, and I think for, for Crawford it's a no-brainer. Um for Brook, it's a it's a it's last chance saloon, isn't it? It's um it's if I if I take this fight, I'm gonna get a nice payday, and if I lose, it's probably the end of the road. However, if I somehow manage to pull off an unlikely win, um, I'm catapulted right back into, you know, world world fame and rights. You know, all that. so it's. I think it's one of it's one of those, isn't it? Yeah, and being cynical, you know what, Dave? I don't. I don't think if Kelbert loses this, that even impacts the Amir Khan fight. Mm. I think every. I, I, 
I say everyone wants to see it. I'm not sure that I'm that bothered. No, no not anymore. No, I'm not. not anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I mean, the thing is, I say that. But if it's on, I will watch it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. it it has got a it has got an Eddie Hearn cash cow box office. Yeah, yeah. In the Ame in Khan, the back, Ame Khan Kelbrook is like the the poor man's in, Mayweather Pacquiao in Sheffield in Sheffield <laughs> or Manchester at any point. Yeah, it's the it's, it's, it is it, yeah, is, it is exactly it is. that. It's like five years too late, um, but we're all still going to tune in. It's yeah, one of those. and you know what? You can do a classic like loser retires, kind of all all that jazz to make it a bit more excited. Yeah. And actually, both of them probably need to retire already. Mm. So it's like, no, you know, you can make it. You can make it interesting. And we and you know what? We we laugh about it. We will we'll watch that. But what what my point was is, I don't think Kel Book performance in this fight really matters about no. about that. He can what, go and what, fight two. What do you think is going to happen in this fight? Uh, I think Terence Crawford's going to yeah. uh, do him, and I think he's going to do him. Uh, I think it's going to be quite one-sided. I think, I think, I can see Kelvin lasting to the seventh or eighth, maybe. Yeah. The only thing I, the only thing I just want to sort of jumped across you there, but the, the only thing I would say about this fight in Kelbrook's favour, and I, I agree with you. I think I think Crawford is um, Crawford's a superstar. And I think Crawford all day long, but the only thing in Kelbrook's favour is that um, Crawford is not a natural welterweight. He's moved up through the weights. He's um, he's you know he's a three weight world champion, um, much like my. Lovely anyway, yeah. um, but at the, at the heavier, uh, slightly heavier weights. Um, so he's he's moved up um, through sort of lightweight, super lightweight to to welterweight. Um, so th- this is not this is not Kelbrook versus Errol Spence, whereas Errol, Errol Spence is like quite a big welterweight. Yeah. Um, Terence Crawford is quite a small um, welterweight, uh, and he's he's amazing. Don't get me wrong, he's amazing. But I don't see I don't see Terence Crawford hurting Kelbrook in the way that Errol Spence did. And therefore, can Kelbrook? How much of Kelbrook is left? Can Kelbrook fight at welterweight effectively still? And that's the question to be asked. I don't think he's going to win, but can he do it? He's not fighting Golovkin at middleweight. He's not fighting a huge Spence at welterweight. He's fighting a smaller welterweight, albeit a world-class champion welterweight. Can he do it? I don't think so. But we'll, I'd lo- I'd love to be proved wrong. So absolutely love to be proved. Where wrong. are you putting your money then, Dave? Well, if I bet on it, it'd be Crawford. But I would. To KO? I, I would, no, no. I think I think it'll. I think it'll go deep. He might stop him late, but I think I think maybe points. Okay. There you go. Right. Enjoy the fights, guys. In a world full of questions, who has the best movie beard? Which movie death is best? Which Disney villain had the best song? One podcast answers them all. That Movie List Podcast. A podcast full of lists, quizzes, occasional, accidental humor, and filler. So much filler. Like lists, like movies, like podcasts? Download That Movie List Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Rated PG-13 for mild peril and occasional nudity. Right, Dave. So we come to fight number five on the boxing anthology of Anthony Joshua fights. Anthology, I'm not sure is the right word, but we'll go with it. So <clears throat> today's fighting Hector Avila. Is that right? Hector Avila. Hector Avila. Uh, fight number five. So <clears throat> this is a well travelled Argentinian. And when I say well travelled, what I mean is has travelled a lot, um, not necessarily travelled well. Um, I not think- travelled to much success. I think the um, boxing record was that he'd been he'd fought outside of Argentina ten times, lost all ten. 
I think he had also been stopped 11 times by the time he fought Joshua in 22 fights. Four uh, of those were within two rounds. So <clears throat> it wasn't looking great for Hector Avia. Any uh, in- initial <laughs> thoughts on <laughs> seeing him come to the ring? I laugh because, I mean, he's gone from... He's gone from Dorian Darch to this, and I think Dorian Darch is much better than this guy. This guy's hopeless, it's, isn't he? They're similar. I feel like the, the Hector Revere looks a little bit like the Argentinian Dorian Darch. <laughs> I was going to say, we, we tuned in to, to, to recap on it, didn't we, just now, to like refresh our memory. And I was like, this is Dorian Darch. <laughs> I got confused. Let's hope you haven't caught that up and actually just watching <laughs> the Dorian Darch fight again. No, I'm, I'm, fairly, I'm fairly confident. So... Um, not a lot to say really I think already we've spoken about this fight longer than the fight went on for um, <laughs> round one knockout I don't think um, Hector Avia did a lot more than act as a punching bag for Joshua at this point um, the thing that's really ridiculous about this fight is he's clearly just come to collect his money isn't he yeah. and and what was crazy I mean compare it to compare it to the Dorian Darch fight you know clearly clearly Dorian Darch completely outclassed and there was no doubt that Joshua was going to win that fight but Dorian Darch at least does throw some punches and tries to hit Joshua with some punches this guy just literally he tries a couple he tries a couple of speculative right hands that miss the mark by miles within like the first like 10-15 seconds and then just covers up for the remainder of the first round until he stopped yeah, I don't. Like know, that's the fight. I don't know if we talked about it before. Can you call it a fight? If, if you don't, if one guy doesn't throw any punches, it's can a you call beating, it a fight? I don't know. I think it's just a beating, a beat down. I think we talked. I don't know if we talked about it in the pod. I know we've talked about it before, but I was wondering. We were. We did used to wonder at the in these fights whether actually the the fighters were getting paid by the number of rounds that they could go with Anthony Joshua, because there are some strange decisions in some of the fights about boxers who are absolutely done getting up and getting up and getting up. To just take more and more of a beat down and yeah. you, you did sort of question well actually do you get an extra 10k for every round that you survive um and i just yeah this was just a bit how much do you think hector reveal is taking for this fight I, I bet it's barely anything i bet I, it's not that much i bet it's i bet it's a few thousand i would i would i would think it's i would think it's 10 grand i'd actually love to know i think it's probably 10 grand around 10 grand maybe 10 grand for the fight and five grand for extra, every extra round Something on that note. There's got to be, this be some be, this, incentive to stand in there. Yeah, this, w- that. this wouldn't be box office, would it? You, you, sorry, this, sorry. This wouldn't be the main event of this. This, I think this was still on. We're still talking the undercards of. Oh yeah. Other, yeah. Uh, other probably non-box office events, to be yeah. honest, because that yeah. was in Glasgow. So yeah. I guess that would be on the undercard of something like a, I don't know, Ricky Burns. Would it have yeah. been around at that uh, point? Yeah, probably, probably was Ricky Burns. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got. So this is okay. It's basically no frills, quick win, Francis Joshua. Mm. Um, people are getting paid decent. Well some money unclear on that point to to be a punching bag not really throw anything and actually we're not really seeing a lot from Anthony Joshua he's probably getting more of his going to the back and doing his 11 rounds on the pads than he is from the actual fights do you think, this um, do you think AJ would find these ty- I think I reckon he'd find these types of fights really frustrating because he's clearly he's clearly just so much better than the other guy and and the other guy's not even like giving it any sort of attempt to try and win the, I reckon it'd be I think it'd be really disappointing and just really he'd have much harder sparring let's put it that yeah, way like much, much much harder sparring I, th- I think I think it, I think it, this is probably um, building in a professional ethic to, to him I, I, I think because mm. you can't take these fights lightly I mean you 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 probably could to be honest but you shouldn't because you know if, if Anthony Joshua loses this fight if he loses this fight which is a big statement then actually he's going he's, he's not going to be have anywhere near the career no, that he's had yeah. 
you know, if you fight, you know. So he's, he's got to take it seriously. There must be some relief in just absolutely destroying um, mm. these fighters. Mm. But I agree with you. The, kind, the motivation must be difficult. Well, I think he was like quite renowned at this point for, um, you know, obviously we were getting really excited because he was like stopping everybody within like one or two rounds. But he was quite, you mentioned it in the previous post, quite renowned for like, as soon as this fight was over, he'd go into his change room and he'd do the equivalent of 12 rounds with Rob McCracken on the pads, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is which is amazing and such a, uh, a great example to any sort of young boxer coming coming through. Um, but that would be harder work than this. Yeah, for sure. Because it was awful. Do, doing these recaps does make me... It does, it does remind me of what I was actually watching Anthony Joshua. So mm. I remember we got to, I don't know, spoilers ahead. That he won most of his first about 10 fights in... Yeah. Um, in the first like one or two rounds and it was kind of you know Anthony Joshua 10 fights 10 knockouts you know fifth, barely 15 rounds and you get and you, everyone's on the hype wagon mm. and then you look back on some of these fights and go bloody hell he was fighting no one wasn't he it's, it's one of those isn't it where you know we're obviously re- reviewing these uh, fight by fight and if you actually take them fight by fight you think bloody hell these guys are absolutely like terrible like absolute you know, bullshit but but um, you're right. Once you get to that level, you know, once he gets to fight Dillian White, for example, in five fifteen, which is obviously further down the line, we won't give any spoilers for that. But like, once he gets to that, once he gets to that sort of level, you know, when you combine them all together to have that record of of um, you know fourteen wins, fourteen knockouts, no, you know, no, barely any rounds boxed, then that you know, it's all part of the promotional build up. It's all part of the hype, isn't it? And we, and you, we let's be honest, we all, we all bought into it. We were loving it. We loved it. We all talked about Joshua bandwagon. The marketing of Anthony Joshua is superb. Mm. It's it's the fights against Dillian White and it's the fights against um, uh, Klitschko, whose name escaped me for a moment there, um, where you're like, well, actually, he's backing it up now. Yeah. So anyway, we'll come on to that at a later date. But yeah, fight number five in the bag. Um, <laughs> more of the same, I worry. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> before we go, I must just thank our... Um, our producer Ben uh, for all his time putting the uh, in well helping. done Ben thank you Ben yeah thank you very much Ben uh, for editing this um, <clears throat> this is actually what you're listening to now is actually the best bits um, and Ben will be back in a second to give you um, the warnings which is, uh, and the uh, reminders to subscribe uh, just because I always forget can so thank ju- you very can much we just ben. quickly before we go can we just say to Ben as well he's been nagging us to do an advert for about two months we will do one <laughs> We promise. Probably not today, though. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for listening to the From the Canvas podcast, brought to you by the Views from the Sofa Network. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Want to get involved in the conversation? Then find us on social media. Just search for From the Canvas podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.